from the West Coast today. To the East Coast. This is the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. I'm Dylan. I'm Chilanga. What's up? We had to have an emergency podcast session with Chilanga on the ride to the airport. Uh-huh. I'm on the train right now. What up? What up? How is the train? Is it is it packed? Uh, no, it's actually pretty empty on here. Um, not a lot of people at all. That's nice. But we just started, so you know it'll fill up. There's plenty of stuff. We're just getting into Stratford right now. Oh right. Yeah. So does so, it? Wouldn't it run from Boston though? So you get all the Boston people there who are going to New York today. No, it's a New Haven to New York line. Oh. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, it is perfect. I've ridden this train many a time. We're off, we're off peak right now, though, so it might not fill up. It might be empty. Oh, there it is. Every once in a while, you're going to hear some station announcements. My apologies, but it's like having the way it's got to be. It's like having an extra podcast guest. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we had to do an emergency podcast for the draft, Dylan. It's so exciting. This was the craziest draft I've ever seen, and I've only watched a couple of these going back to maybe maybe when Bill Simmons was covering the draft, but this is clearly the craziest draft in recent memory. So many trades. It was unreal. I, I couldn't even keep track. I kept, you know, the NBA tracks all the draft picks, but they the NBA.com keeps the original team that held the pick, and it is impossible to remember, like, Oh wait! How many picks did Atlanta trade? I uh, uh, uh I don't know. Yeah, uh, I was on Wikipedia. They were doing the same thing there, and so I was very confused as to who was getting uh, Brandon Clark and et cetera, et cetera. Where Boston's picks were going, it started getting really confusing right in those twenties, right there. But I had a pretty good idea of what happened in the first fifteen picks, and I thought that. Everything was completely interesting. What are your biggest takes? Why don't we open with the Timberwolves? Because don't bury the lead, you know? All right. So the Timberwolves traded up from 11. They traded 11 in Sarich for number six and drafted Jarrett Culver out of Texas Tech. I'm so excited for that. Jarrett Culver is a 6'5 wing player, great defensive ability. Uh, with playmaking and shooting upside, the type of do-it-all wing that the, the Timberwolves really need. Um, you know, people are, are concerned about his shooting, shot 30% from three, uh, but his freshman season, he shot 39% from three. And evidently, he actually, I heard from, I heard on Twitter, so this isn't that accurate, that he was 38% from catch and shoot. Um, oh, really? And I don't know if that was just last season or if that was his whole collegiate career, but that's also a good sign. That is a good sign. You know, his true shooting was something like 54%, which is pretty solid. Not great, but pretty solid. If he can be a good finisher at the rim and a good catch-and-shoot player, plus his already like clear defensive ability, he's going to be a really solid player. I don't know if he's ever going to be a star, but uh, you know, a, t- a high-end role player. He was above the 50th percentile. I got this from John Meyer. He was above the 50th percentile on virtually every shot that you could possibly take, every type of shot. So he scored, like, more points per possession than half of the college players 
Oh, okay. So he, he is an above-average offensive player. In every single way. So yeah. he's not only an above-average offensive player, he's above-average in every single way. And if you have a player that doesn't have any tendencies, they become that much harder to guard at the next level. Mm. And it also reads to me as able to fit in a number of different systems and among you know a number of different players. I'm so excited. When I heard that... Covington was going to be traded for the fourth pick. I was so nervous. I was so nervous that we were going to pick Darius Garland and not go for one of these point guards that are that's feasible to get. And even if we have Teague as a as a backup plan, that's fine. But like let's say we know we can get D'Lo. Either one of those players is going to be better than Darius Garland for a while. I mean, point guards take a very long time to develop in this league, especially if they don't have that much size, and he does yeah. that 6'2". Mm-hmm. So I was just really nervous that we were going to take him or Kobe White, and as soon as it it was number six and Dario, and we didn't even have to give up our best defensive player, all we had to give up was yeah. Dario, I got so excited, and it was basically – the exact same trade that I was trying to make for the number four pick. Uh, I just love that Garrison and my interpretation of Garrison were on the same page there. Uh, people will hear that trade later on in this podcast. This is this, this is for the baskets and balls simulation, the basketball-themed Dungeons and Dragons that we will play later on in this episode. But it was just so exciting to see that trade go through and then – to see it not go to a point guard, it, it just made me – it gave me faith in our front office. You know, I was listening to Bill Simmons, and his whole thing was like, what is Minnesota doing? Why aren't they getting a point guard? They don't have a point guard of the future, blah, 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 blah. Um, why aren't they – why are they getting rid of Saric? He, see, he seems like a player that could play on, uh, you know, a playoff team, which I think he's right about that. I think Dario Saric is like a well, six seventh man on a – quality playoff team he started 10 games in the playoffs he's a good player yeah but i think that he is a little bit overrated and as soon as he gets paid he is going to be not worth whatever his contract is like right now he's awesome because he's you know a three million dollar contract and he can really contribute but i don't know anything more than 10 million for Sarich, and I don't think he's really worth it. And he, the biggest problem that he that he brought to the Wolves specifically is that he really couldn't play next to Towns. Like he did play next to Towns well at the end of the season, but it was very streaky. And one of the issues is on defense with him and Towns. There's really no plan as to what to do. He, Towns needs somebody who can switch with him and rim protect at least part part of the time, right? And I don't think Sarge is a very good match with him there. I think that Taj is, is a fine match, but we haven't really found the four that pairs perfectly with Towns. The other issue that I had with Sarge and this team was that he never seemed to be... He never seemed to want to be on this team in the same way that Robert Covington was and the way that Robert Covington kind of took this team under his wing. Um, Sharch was really frustrated with his minutes this season, and you could tell based on all of his interviews. And he made statements about Ryan Saunders that made it sound like he really missed Brett Brown, which was a huge issue in my mind because I don't think Brett Brown's that great of a coach. 
but he was he was basically talking about how great Brett Brown was in some somehow comparing it to the way that the Wolves coaching staff was. In Phoenix, he will also get plenty of minutes. And actually, I, I like that fit in Phoenix, you know, as far as what they want to do is provide the space. And if Dario can feel comfortable and get his minutes and actually shoot consistently and provide space for DeAndre Ayton down low, along with Booker and Mikhail Bridges, and what it sounds like maybe is going to be Ricky Rubio at the point guard position, Phoenix is going to be a very fun team to watch. Now, I want to get to that. I do still want to talk a little bit about our pick, but I want to get to the Phoenix fit in just a second. But I want to talk about Jarrett Culver for a tiny, tiny bit because we haven't really talked about specifics. He had 3.7 assists as an off-ball player this year. So this yeah. guy can play make. I mean, he's he's not going to be uh, Ricky Rubio, Mike Conley type or anything like that, but he could be a Malcolm Brogdon as a secondary ball handler on the perimeter. And yeah. I, I think that that's something that we're looking for to replace possibly Andrew Wiggins. Mm. That's something that I was wondering was, was this the death sentence for Andrew Wiggins on this team? Andrew Wiggins tweeted out, welcome to the team, brother, or something like that. And if you look in the mentions, every single one of them says, yo, he's replacing you. Why are you doing, why are you saying that? <laughs> and I'm wondering if, the, if he is the replacement, do you think he's the replacement? Uh, I mean, he's either the replacement or uh, I've long since thought that it, I don't know if the Wolves will be able to get off Andrew Wiggins with, with any sort of fair deal, you know? Like, look at how much it took to get off of uh, Alan Crabb for the Nets. Right. You know? And that's a shorter deal, and it's a lot less money. I mean, we're talking, Andrew Wiggins has like $120 million left on his deal over the next four years. <laughs> so at the very least, this is a contingency plan. Yeah, it's Andrew. a contingency plan. You know, and I think that they're going to continue to explore trade options. And, you know, maybe a team like the Knicks is going to get desperate to get any sort of talent on their team. The Knicks is a team I want to talk about in a little bit. I, I want to continue talking ab about Jarrett Culver, though. <laughs> okay. I have continue. so many notes on these guys. So where does Culver line up in, like, does he start this year? He obviously has a really high floor, so he's probably not going to be a bust. But does he start this year, and does he play the two or the three? Does Covington slide to the four? What is our starting lineup in October? I think that Okogi and Culver will be fighting for the starting 2-3 position. And Andrew Wiggins is just going to be there no matter what. Yep, and he'll play the 2 or the 3 depending on the matchup. And so really, when we're talking 2 or 3, we're talking defensively. Who's he guarding? So against the Warriors, for example, he'll be playing the 3 because he'll have to guard Alfonso McKinney or whoever the Warriors brought out at 3. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, will um, he have to? Who... <laughs> I feel like, okay, so Covington guards Curry at that point, right? Covington guards. Let's not talk about the Warriors. That's too confusing. Yeah, that's stupid. Anyway, <laughs> point is, 
point is, I think Akogi and Culver will be competing for the starting job. Okay, so maybe if there is a smaller, um, so they'll they'll probably be defending whoever the best the best offensive player on that team is. Um, depending on whether they're one through three, might might determine whether they're going to going to start or not. Like Okogi might be guarding James Harden or Steph Curry, whereas Culver might be guarding someone like a Jimmy Butler or whatever. Right. Right, and then I think Covington at the four, at least, at least at times. I think that's going to be something that the the Wolves are going to try a lot. I don't know how successful it's going to be, uh, and I wonder if that kind of takes away some of the defensive value of Covington. Right, um, but right now we don't have any, you know any other options or answers at the four really, unless we retain Taj. The best thing about Covington right now is that he's 6'9", but that he can chase around Steph Curry. That he can yeah. chase point guards around the court. That he's that yeah. good. Really, he is just on defense, but he is almost at Kawhi Leonard level when he's healthy. Like, when he was healthy, he was that level on defense. Yeah, people were talking about him being all defense. Yeah. For until he, you know, didn't never came back. <laughs> so I'm so glad that we kept him. In yeah. Josh Okogi and Jarrett Culver, we have maybe the most athletic defenders in the league. Jarrett Culver had a 45 inch vertical in the Lakers pre draft workout. Wow. 45 inches. This man is 6'7, and he's got a 6'9, 6'10 wingspan. And he's jumping 45 inches. Wow. Forget Zion. I want this guy. Yeah. You know what? Is Jarrett Culver's ceiling, could he be a Brad Beal level of player? I think he could be better than that just because of his defensive potential. Mm. Wow. Well, it's certainly exciting. I, I really hope that he, he meets his potential based on his measurables, his athleticism. Um, if he can, if he can be an above-average offensive player, at least he'll be a high-end role player. If he's a below-average offensive player, he'll be a low-end role player. You know what I mean? Like, so I think that's a pretty solid pick at number six. Yeah, a low or a high-ceiling, high-floor kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. Which is all that you can ask. That's yeah. That's literally the best thing that you can draft. Is someone who's not going to be that bad, but could be really great. <laughs> so uh, let's get on to the rest of the draft then. What were some of your biggest takes? I, I'll i go second. Okay. Uh, I want to take some time to talk about the Hawks. Oh, my God. I think the Hawks did a really, really great job. So the Hawks traded up to number four to, to select DeAndre Ayton, a coast-to-coast NBA podcast favorite. <laughs> Wait, um, what? DeAndre Hunter. I know I just said DeAndre Aiden. <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously our favorite if we're calling him DeAndre Aiden. <laughs> no, but, you know, we've been saying for a long time we hope the Wolves are bad enough to draft DeAndre Hunter. Uh-huh. Um, You've been saying it since the beginning of the year, and then I got up on the bandwagon while you left it. That's slightly, right. To go on Brandon I... Clark's bandwagon. Yeah, and I'll talk more about Brandon Clark later, but... uh uh, they got DeAndre Hunter. Then at number 10, they took Cam Reddish. 
which I, I just I think that is such a good back-to-back play in the top 10 to draft DeAndre Hunter, who is a pretty surefire, at least solid role player. You know, he'll be able to play defense and he'll be able to hit corner threes. You know, the, what else he can do is to be determined. And Cam Reddish, if he meets his potential, is Paul George, is a primary offensive option with insane defensive potential. My biggest worry is that they drafted the same player twice, and since they did that, DeAndre Hunter, and since DeAndre Hunter is more of a finished product, Cam Reddish's growth and potential could be stunted, and he might take a lot of Cam Reddish's minutes early on. But the thing is, they're both... They they can both play 3-4. And so there's going to be a lot John of John Collins cool. is going to be. That's my only issue. Right. Well, I mean... So obviously one of them is going to come off the bench. Probably Cam. I mean they're going to they're going to compete for the starting spot, right? In camp competition is good. And honestly, with the young players, I don't really buy into that there's not enough fall or they, they you know there's not enough minutes to go around because I'd rather have a player come up in a situation where they're competing for for their minutes, where they're competing for the ball, and they're like learning how to share the ball from their from early on in their career in the NBA because like that's what you got to do if you want to win unless you are really really special if you want to win you have to play team basketball that's just that's just the fact I think that's what's so special about the Warriors is that from early on they were sharing the ball you know Steph Curry didn't need to dribble all the time to take every shot well I do think that their team fit very well positionally too. And I'm not right. sure that I don't think DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish long term, if Cam Reddish turns into what they want him to turn into, are a good fit together. And if that's the case, they still got the two players that they wanted the most. And whichever one turns out to be the one that they want, they can keep. And then the other player they can possibly trade for more trade for assets. Yeah. Like, oh, what if they're both good, but they like one player more and they realize one player will fit better? Then trade and then get, you know, future assets. And then in 2021, when Giannis is, a, is unhappy and wants out of Milwaukee or whatever, you can trade for him. So good for them for getting both of the players that they wanted the most. Let's move on to the fifth pick because I just wanted to make fun of Cleveland for a little bit. I cannot believe... They took Garland. Colin Sexton will never fit next to Garland. They might have ruined Colin Sexton's value in addition to all this because I don't know if Colin Sexton's going to be given any keys to this team anymore. And he's just going to plummet. Do you think that the Wolves could make a deal with Cleveland to send Andrew Wiggins there for Kevin Love and Colin Sexton? Oh, my God. Yes, please trade machine that this summer sometime. I I will. I will. If if we send I would send Josh Akogi to get Sexton in love. No. Akogi? No. I don't I would. want to send Akogi until I know what Jarrett Culver is or have a better idea. That's a good point. But I think Kevin Love makes us that much closer to the playoff team. All right. You know? No, you're right. And and you're also right in the sense that Kevin Love would be like a superpower Dario Sharich, so he would maybe be able to actually play with Towns. 
Yeah, and he's he's injury prone, but like when he, when he's healthy, he's so much better than Andrew Wiggins and so much more useful. And then we've got two separate timelines going. We've got the Kevin Love timeline, and then when he phases out, we still got Sexton and Towns. Okay, well, as our, yeah, and Culver. So sexy Sexton to the Wolves, and let's move on to Kobe White. Mm. I was. I, I almost wish that the Wolves would have drafted Kobe White because I really do like him, too. I understand the fit of Kobe White, but I don't love his athleticism and his six five his negative win- wingspan because he's under 6'5 with an under 6'5 wingspan. His standing reach, I forget what it is, It's but it's like less than 8 foot 4, which is not great if he's going to be guarding the best guard on the opposing team. But I do understand that the Wolves technically needed a point guard. What I didn't understand in my mind was, why are we moving up for this point guard when we were so excited about D'Angelo Russell two weeks ago? Yeah. I also, I mean, the Wolves don't need a point guard that bad. Not right now. I mean, because we're either going to keep Jeff T or we're going to trade Jeff Key to open up cat space to sign a point guard. Plus, we've got Tyus Jones, so that's two exactly. average point guards. And then, like, worst, 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 worst-case scenario, we have to re-sign Derrick Rose. <laughs> yeah, there will be plenty of point guards to be had if need be. Right. But as it stands, the Wolves have two fine point guards. And I think that they got something that's more difficult to get, which is a player that's going to be a versatile wing on the mm-hmm. defensive end. Mm-hmm. I think, Absolutely. And I think that that's more important than a Kobe White, more difficult to get than a Kobe White type. Absolutely. But we'll see. I think he is going to be a good fit next to Levine, and they're going to be a much more fun team to watch than last year. That's for sure. Yeah, I hope so. I really hope so. Uh, any other draft night notables you want to mention? Were the Wizards the team that promised Rui? Yeah, maybe. They must be. Because we heard that the Timberwolves were the team that promised Rui Hachimura in the draft at number 11. But mm-hmm. right now, it's looking like Rui was expecting to go pretty high. Yeah, and, he was. Uh, maybe the Wizards were the team that promised him. I'm sorry, but for the Wizards, it feels like a mistake. It feels like there were better players to draft at that point. He looks I'm glad. like a big basketball player, though. He's so big. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. thick. He's got a Japanese accent. And seeing him speak Japanese on live television was one of the coolest things of the entire draft. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like it's very cool. That's a, that's a new market that's brought into the NBA. And, you know, the Wizards are going to have... Japan behind them. Like, don't don't be shocked to see if if Rui is any good. Don't be shocked to see some Japanese like Wizards branding. Yeah, they're <laughs> gonna make a lot of money off of his jersey. But uh, yeah, it does. It just feels like there were better players to be had at that point. Let me defend him a little bit. Number one, he's massive. He is so much bigger than Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark looked yeah. like a point guard next to him when he hugged him. What is he, 230? Oh, my God. He's 230. Oh, my God. He might be 6'9". He's huge. Yeah. And he's got big, big, long arms. 
The other thing is he has Asian work ethic with a black man's body. Those two things put together are one of it's, that's one of the most special combinations in the NBA. <laughs> it's the dream. It's the dream NBA player. But like we talked on at an earlier pod, is that I don't think he has three point range. I think he is a two point, like a long two shooter is going to be his yeah. game, and that's not super useful. If he can develop a good post game, and with his body, I'm, I think that that will be somewhat effective. But it's just not the most efficient or useful offensive skill set. Yeah, he was a bad pick at nine. Thankful the Wolves didn't get him at 11. Yeah, I have one more team I want to talk about. I have a bunch, so you go. I want to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. So the Grizzlies selected John Moran at number two and Brandon Clark. They traded up to get Brandon Clark at number uh, 21. Oh, my God. So now I was got- so jealous. I was texting you at that moment. I was like, the Wolves need to trade up from 43 to get that number 21 pick. Yeah, they could have, like, mm. He really, really hung around there for a long time. You know that I love Brandon Clark, and I don't care about his measurables because his statistics are unreal and com- like only compare to Zion and Anthony Davis. Like Those are the only two statistical comparisons to Brandon Clark in his college career. He is a total anomaly because he's another one of those players with T-Rex arms. But just because he can jump so high and so far, and he's fast, and he's so fast, and he can anticipate when players are going to shoot, his block rate is through the roof. Yeah, insane. I was looking up his measurables on the NBA draft website. He was like third or fourth in his standing vertical so that was like 35 inches that's like blake griffin level athleticism and blake griffin also famed for having short arms so my comparison for brandon clark is a defensive minded version of what blake griffin is just being able to athletically dominate the four position but on the offensive end there are a lot more questions Right. I suppose the problem is, though, that he is basically in Gordon Hayward's body. They've got <laughs> very sim- similar similar measurables. Um, in Gordon Hayward's body? Yeah. Interesting. They're both 6'8", with 6'8", on wingspan, around the same weight. And he doesn't have he doesn't have the playmaking ability that Gordon Hayward or Blake Griffin have. Right. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of seats on the screen. But yeah, the the Grizzlies are about to be the new Lob City. I mean, just throwing it down with Jaron and Brandon Clark and Ja. It's going to be, sometimes it's going to be really ugly, but there's going to be some really fun moments to watch. We'll see. And if John Morant can figure out how to play defense, that's going to be a great, great young team. All right. And then I have one more thing I want to bring up, but let's hear, let's hear your, your thoughts. I wanted to get to the sun side of the Timberwolves trade. They finally realized that they couldn't draft in the top 10. They get Devin Booker at 13 and Mikkel Bridges at 10. 
But they still managed to take the first player who didn't even show up to the draft. Cam Yikes. Johnson, who is the ninth, ninth, ninth youngest player on the Suns roster right now, currently. Was drafted at so number he's 11. Than eight other players. Okay. He's older than eight players on that team. He's 23 years old. And that's not even including Kelly Oubre, who is a couple months older than he is. <laughs> Yo, that was just a crazy, horrible pick. Not only that, but they somehow forgot. They got Dario Saric in the trade, who is the exact same player, but two years older. Than Cam Johnson. That is so crazy. That is so crazy. Plus, Cam Johnson is super injury, like he's got a super uh, injury riddled history. He's had like multiple surgeries already. <laughs> the Suns are crazy. the most embarrassing NBA team. Ever. They did pick up. They picked up Ty Jerome though, which was a solid, a solid pickup. I get that. I, and he'll be their I, best rookie probably. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But they also traded away one of the players on their team that can play in TJ Warren. On a on like a fine contract at ten million. Totally a year, fine. Right? Like I thought it was like twelve to thirteen or something like that. But I mean that's just like normal rotational starter like normal starter salary, you know? Um traded him to the Pacers who really needed that. That was like a really nice that was a nice move by the Pacers. Now that the Pacers drafted Goga, Bitadze, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, something like that. Bitadze. Bitadze. I don't know. Now that the Pacers draft Goga, Bitadze, are they going to get rid of Miles Turner? That feels like the only right move for them because I don't think that Goga and Turner can play together, but I do think Goga and Sabonis could possibly play together. You know, I think maybe the Pacers' thought is that you can pay, like, $18 million is a little steep for Turner, and you can probably pay Sabonis less when he gets extended next year. Mm-hmm. But I just think Turner is going to be the better player by a pretty significant margin. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if this was the right choice for the Pacers. I get that Goga was dropping, but when you already have such a short up front court like that, yeah. It's tough for me to rationalize him at that point, especially when there are a bunch of other players who are dropping at the same time. Like, they would yeah. have done fine you know, with Nasir Little or something. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I can't really complain about teams getting the best when and not really considering fit because that's that's kind of my that's the philosophy that I would use is like, let me just get the best player. And then, you know, you can make transactions to make your, your roster work. But I hope they, I hope they hang on to Turner and that Sabonis is, is the trade piece. But regardless, I mean, if, if how, Goga turns out to be good, how would they play together though? Turner and Goga. If they, so who are they going to trade? Do you think that they'll trade Sabonis and keep Goga and Turner? Here's the thing is that it's an assets acquisition game more than a basketball fit game. You know, because Indiana's not going to... Indiana's not going to get the star players. They got Oladipo via a trade. They had to trade their star that wanted to leave to get Oladipo. And so, like, the more assets they have, the better off they're going to be, so... 
I you know, totally understand getting the best player, but when you are not only a playoff team, but like a fringe Eastern Conference contender if Oladipo comes back fully healthy, it's not just about getting the best player at the time. It's about making the best team to be able to compete for an NBA championship. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And, you know, other other players were available at that time. Like you said, Nas Little, Brandon Clark. So that's that, those are my questions. Like, Brandon Clark would have been a better fit next to Turner, and then they could have gotten a good, really good trade package for Sabonis. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I just don't totally – I don't totally see what they were doing with Goga at that point. Yeah. Who did they draft at number 32? Mm. It got traded to the Heat somehow. Because the Heat got KZ Yokpala. That's a good pick by the Heat. KZ was a lottery pro- projected at one point in the season. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, good for Miami. Miami had a really interesting draft. Then they draft Bull Bull and then trade him away to the Nuggets. Now the Nuggets good. have Bull Bull and Michael Porter Jr. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I mean, if you're if you're if you've got your rotation set and you don't need rookies on your team, because like the, the the Nuggets don't need rookies, they yeah. just need projects that could really hit. You know, they need pa- Pascal Siakams. Yeah, and they got that in Bull Bull. Chalinga, do you have any any other big takes that you'd like to get out? I just want to give a shout-out to the Sacramento Kings for continuing their tradition. They, they've, got, they've got drafting tradition. So one of the drafting traditions is to always draft multiple centers. <laughs> this year, they let that go by the wayside, probably because they didn't have a lottery pick, and that's where they like to draft their centers. But they did keep one tradition alive, which I love and I want to shout out, is the drafting of the old white guy who's supposed to be a shooter but will end up out of the league very soon. Shout out. This year, they drafted Kyle Guy out of Virginia, the the whitest guy to ever play in the NBA. Wait, the New York Knicks? Wait, the New York Knicks traded to Sacramento? Yeah, Sacramento has Kyle Guy. Oh my God! What did Double they trade him for, for? No, you're right. Double check for me. Okay. I just saw him taken by the Knicks, and I was like, "Oh, that's a good pick by the Knicks." But this it carries on in the tradition with names like Jimmer Ferdet, Nick Stauskas, Stauskas, <laughs> Vanya Marinkovic. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. Uh, anyway, I just want to sh- shout out the Kings for they're just so predictable, and I appreciate that. Vanya Marinkovic is a six foot six shooting guard who played in Serbia and was the 60th pick of the draft by the Sacramento Kings. Nice. Sounds like Bogdan Bogdanovic. Yep. They well, it sounds like the same thing as Nick Stauskas and Kyle Guy. <laughs> and Jimmer Fredette. Except Jimmer was way shorter. Shout to Jimmer Fredette, tearing it up in China still. Go Jimmer. All right, Dylan, I believe you have a wonderful list for us. Mm-hmm. So I did the most important work of the night, and I ranked each outfit of the entire lottery. So I ranked them 1 to 14. Should I start with 14? Go 14 and 1. 
Okay, so we're going to go 14 to 1. The best outfits of the 2019 NBA lottery. Starting out number 14, Cameron Johnson wasn't at the draft. Just to add insult to injury, he has the worst outfit of the NBA lottery. <laughs> the best outfit is no outfit? The worst outfit is no outfit. Oh, right, right. That's what I mean. Maybe he did have the best outfit. I don't know. Nobody knows. <laughs> Coming in at number 13, unfortunately, was the Minnesota Timberwolves draft selection, Jarrett Culver. Sad. Who, just like another God-fearing man, my son, Josh Okoge, he looked like Pee Wee Herman. Oh, I guess no. Josh Okoge doesn't look like Pee Wee Herman. But Jarrett Culver looked like Pee Wee Herman <laughs> in a red suit with a flowery bow tie. And... Oh. You want to know what, Chalanga? What? I could not care less. I love my <laughs> ball players to look dorky and Christian. He's a pastor. Yeah, if you love kid. God. Oh, really? Yeah. His dad showed up and he sounded like a classic Baptist pastor. Nice. The Timberwolves have God on their side. Coming in at number 12. This one's going to surprise a couple people, but unfortunately, I had John ja Morant. He looked like the Batman supervillain, the Penguin. And to be honest, I'm just not into gray-on-gray gray pinstripes. The hoop earrings were at least a bold choice that I like, but... He was wearing hoop earrings? Yeah, he was wearing... Well, they weren't hoop-hoop, but they were big enough for them to not just be... They were probably like a half-inch hoop. Whoa, that's so cool. It's kind of cool. It's a good choice. But together with that gray pinstripe suit, I couldn't do it. Not only that, but his dad outdressed him in a black pinstripe suit. He looked like the fourth member of the Rat Pack. He was Sammy Davis Jr.'s best friend back in the 60s. Except his fedora looked almost like a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> now. You know, do you know John ja Morant's real name? Yeah, it's like it's way cooler than Ja. I actually, it was like. Yes. Yeah, Demetrius. Demetrius. That's an awesome name. Why wouldn't he mm -hmm. want to be called Demetrius Morant? I don't know. Maybe he maybe he'll change it. But Jaw's a pretty cool name too. Jaw's good, but Jaw also has horrible connotations with the man named Ja Rule. <laughs> Coming in at number eleven. I'm sorry, but I just didn't like Cam Reddish's jacket. It might as well have been leopard print, because that was the exact color that it was, but it was this weird like those patterns that uh Sacred geometry. Yeah, but it's like sacred. It's a sacred form of geometry. Fractals. Oh, fractals. Oh, yeah, that is an ugly jacket. It looked like a leopard print fractal pattern. I was lost in it. I was mesmerized by it. And it was not in a good way at all. I know that the Hawks got both of the players that they wanted. I'm just not sure what their front court should look like at this point should it be deandre hunter or should it be cam reddish well it definitely should not look like his jacket coming in at Did you write that one down no i just made that up <laughs> okay good coming in at number 10 we have pj washington who wore another fractal suit with patterns all over it but you couldn't really see it because it was black on black on black good okay, for you cool. pj washington you come in at number 10 at number nine i have jackson hayes who looked amazing in a burgundy suit he has extra points for having this the sideshow bob bling he had a necklace 
and on it was the Simpsons character Sideshow Bob, whose hair looks exactly like his. <laughs> a great addition. But he loses all of his points for clashing with the red of the Hawks. And I know that you're going to the Pelicans, and that suit would have looked great in a white hat. Or what hat? What color hat was the... It was probably a dark blue hat, wasn't it, for Zion? Yeah. Either way, it would have looked great. Unfortunately, he had to wear a Hawks hat. And the red really clashed with the burgundy. Mm. So, Jackson Hayes, you fell down to number nine. At number eight, the only reason why he got this high was because of his hair. And that man's name is Kobe White. He has the best hair, and the way that his hair fit in his hat was so cute. (laughs) But he had such a boring gray suit that I dropped him down a couple spots. At number seven, I have Romeo Langford. He had a really nice shiny silver suit that's pretty much all i had have to say about that number six now we're starting to get to the suits that i enjoyed do you have anything i'm just looking at kobe white's hair and the hat it's very funny isn't it cute yeah now we're starting to get into the territory of the elite dressers one of my favorite outfits of the night was deandre hunter in a neutral, charcoal, sparkly suit, he didn't know what team he was going to go to tonight. He was one of the first picks outside of that solidified top three. Like, he would have gone anywhere from four to eight, right? Yeah. So he decides, what am I going to do? I'm going to get a charcoal, sparkly suit, be extremely neutral. I can look good in, in a purple hat. I can look good in a red hat. You never know if I'm going to the Hawks or the Lakers. You know, he might not be Kawhi, but he sure did give an introverted, weird interview after he was drafted. <laughs> He's a weird guy. I got I to gotta go back and watch all the interviews. I got to admit, at this point in the podcast, I did not watch the draft because I was playing basketball, and then I got locked out of a car for like an hour, so I missed the whole thing. Maria Taylor? Gave some incredible interviews last night. I heard there were a lot of tears. Yeah, it is definitely worth it is definitely worth a second look or a first look for you. But it's definitely worth going back and looking. I will. At number five, this one is a bit controversial, and the only reason I have him this low is because I think that this that this draft class will be remembered as the dressy draft class. At number five, I have Zion. He Ooh. wore an off-white suit. Now, people are comparing him to LeBron James, right? And in 2003, yeah. LeBron James wore the same outfit. Hmm. No way. Yeah. They were very similar off-white suits. I did. I always like it when a basketball player doesn't wear a tie, when they just go for no undershirt and, and just for straight to the skin. But especially when this player's going to a team in the South. Very Louisiana. Very Louisiana. It look, He would look yep. really great in Louisiana. And he looked great in his Pelicans hat. He looked exactly like his namesake. The promised land. Zion. Okay. That's good. Number four. RJ decided to dress in a pastel pink suit. It was very bold. And it worked in every way. You wouldn't think that the orange and the blue of the Knicks would work with this pink, but it actually did. He also ended up wearing a black shirt and tie 
it was the most bold pick of the entire lottery, but it worked. I didn't even think that there would be anybody past RJ, but there were. There were three players past RJ. Coming in at number three, we have Tyler Hero. Oh, snap. Did he know where he was going to end up? He was wearing a flower print with a mix of Kentucky blue and heat red slash maybe it was a little pink. And I was wondering if he thought that he was going to be transitioning from Kentucky to Miami or was he trying to replicate the Miami Vice City jersey? Ooh. Either way, very, very, very impressive outfit. It should have been suit of the night, but Darius Garland looked like a Jedi in a canvas-colored Yeezy suit. It was basically a bathrobe. What? Yeah, you have to look up Darius Garland's outfit. He looked like it was a cross between Gandhi, Mace Windu, and Kanye West. I love it. Oh, that looks so cool. Oh, that is so high fashion. I thought that that was the coolest look of the night, but the best-dressed man of the night comes in at number one on my power ranking list Rui Hachimura oh snap it started off very nice with an elegant Japanese flag pin on his left lapel Mm -hmm. the maroon suit looked very nice with a deep blue shirt but then there was a bow tie that had the same color the same main color as the shirt and then it had a tinge of that maroon on it as well very well coordinated man he is handsome i thought that that was cool i was like oh he's gonna be in the top five for sure but then he gave an interview where he shows the lining of his jacket and inside of his jacket it honors his father's benin and his mother's japanese heritage wow that is so cool take a look at that video it's brilliant it's awesome that he's honoring his heritage And I love that we're seeing these new worldly NBA players, these black men speaking fluent Japanese on ESPN. It's a beautiful world we live in, isn't it? It's a beautiful world, and basketball is a beautiful game. I love it. I'm so excited for the rest of the offseason. Eight eight days until, uh, or seven days until free agency. All right. So now we're going to transition into a previously recorded game that Dylan and I played called Baskets and Balls. And it's a D&D type game. We really hope you enjoy it. And I will not be on the phone for this part, so hopefully the audio will be a little bit better. <laughs> Just a quick note. We did it before the Mike Conley trade and before the NBA draft. So if things seem a little bit weird, that's why. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, Chalanga here. Before we get started, uh, we've got a really fun game that we're going to play today called Basket and Balls, based on Dungeons and Dragons. This is B&B. So before we get going, I just want to explain the rules a little bit. In this game, Dylan will play Gerson Rosas, new president of basketball operations of the Minnesota Timberwolves. His goal is to go through the offseason building the best 15-man roster that he can. His first challenge will be the 2019 NBA draft. The draft order was determined by compiling 12 different mock drafts from around the internet, Sports Illustrated, The Ringer, Yahoo, etc. Each player was assigned a composite number, draft position number, or DPN, 
based on where they appeared on average in said drafts. The DPN was then used to mod a 10d20 roll for each player. During the draft, Dylan can pause whenever he would like to make a trade. In order to make a trade, Dylan must propose the trade to me, the BM, the basket master. As both the BM and the GM of the team, which Dylan has engaged, I will determine if the trade is acceptable. If the trade is unacceptable, Dylan will lose Basketball Karma, our game's monetary system, based on the egregiousness of said trade offer. If the trade is deemed acceptable, he will do a trade roll to see if the team accepts. In a trade roll, Dylan rolls 2d6. Each team's negotiation stat is combined and added to the roll. If he rolls a 25 or less, negotiations fall apart and Dylan loses 2 Basketball Karma. If he rolls a 26 through 28, he's got to renegotiate the trade and roll again. A 29 through 34, the trade is accepted. And a 35 plus, the trade goes through and he earns two basketball karma. The draft will continue until Dylan makes his pick. And then we will move on to the moratorium period. <laughs> I could use a little less atorium. During the moratorium period, Dylan will have eight actions to prepare for free agency. He may have dinner with one of the Wolves' free agents, which will make him easier to retain. He may perform a basketball karma roll to get more basketball karma. He may hold a pitch meeting with a target free agent. If he does that, he must perform a pitch roll to see if the pitch was successful or not. If the meeting goes poorly, the player will either be offended and become unavailable or harder to get. If the meeting goes well, the player will become easier to acquire. Dylan may also perform a trade role. And finally, he may increase his appeal by one by upgrading his training facility technology. Once his eight moves are up, we move on to free agency. During free agency, Dylan will have 21 actions to acquire enough free agents to fill out his roster. To acquire a player, Dylan will need to reach the desired player's acquisition role number or ARN. Remember that. Dylan will perform acquisition roles until that number is reached. For example, Nikola Miritich has an ARN of 60. If Dylan would like to acquire him, he will need to spend actions to perform these acquisition roles until that number is cumulatively reached. However, not all free agents will be on the board throughout the free agency period. Each player is assigned a number of actions that they will remain unsigned. So Dylan must also race against the clock to build his roster. Dylan will be able to help his cause by making purchases from the BK store, Basketball Karma store, whenever he would like during free agent period. Shopping at the store does not cost an action. At the store, Dylan can purchase a bad agent, which gives Dylan a role to see how much below market value a player will sign. Basketball friends, which can add five to any acquisition role. Convincing pitch which adds three actions to the amount of time a player is on the board. Appeal boost, which boosts his appeal by one. And tampering, which adds one additional acquisition role to an action. Dylan may also use an action to make a trade or to do a basketball karma roll. Once Dylan has acquired a free agent, he will have to perform a cost roll to determine how much a player will sign for. Each player is assigned a $5 million range. The result of the role will either make the player not sign a deal, sign within that $5 million range, or sign below their market value. 
After all 21 actions have passed, Dylan may fill out his roster with minimum players. Minimum players all have an ARN of 15, but they will only sign if the number is reached in one roll. The last bit of business before we get rolling is the difference in rules with restricted free agents. Any restricted free agent that is not on the Wolves, the process for acquisitions will be the same. But after the player signs with the Wolves, the team from which the player is coming will make a 2d6 roll plus their strength, which is a cap room based stat. 21 plus, the team matches the offer sheet. Less than 21, the Wolves sign the player. Uh, there are a few different terminologies in our recording. I believe ARN is PRN in our recording, but I later decided that acquisition role was better than pitch roll because we've got a different thing that's a pitch roll earlier in the game. Um, regardless, this is our first try at this game, and it was a real blast. I hope you enjoy it. Now on to the real thing. Bye. From the East Coast to the West, this is the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. I'm Chalanga. And I'm Gerson Rosas. What's up, Gerson? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Oh, wait, fuck. I'm recording on the wrong thing. It's fine. <laughs> so welcome, everyone, to the pod. We've got a very special episode for you today. We are trying out something very new to the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. Today, we will be playing through the Timberwolves offseason in our very first 2019 off-season baskets and ball BNB game. Which is basically Dungeons and Dragons for nerdy basketball people. That's right. So if you like nerdy stuff and you like the NBA, this is the podcast for you. So here's how it work. Dylan will be playing Gerson Rosas and the Minnesota Timberwolves. He will have three stages of the offseason to navigate through. Step one, the NBA draft. Step two, the moratorium period. Step three, the free agency period. He must, by the end of the free agency period, have constructed a 15-man roster moving forward into the next season. I will be the dungeon master. I will be guiding him and you through this journey. This is our first try at this. But we'll I'm learn the rules as we go along. Yeah, we're 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 we'll all be learning the rules all together. Uh, I'm pretty excited for it, though. I think it turned out pretty cool. So thank you for putting this together, Chalanga. Oh, dude, this was truly, truly my pleasure. Introducing Gerson Rosas and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Since the 1989 season, this team has been wandering through the NBA, trying to find purpose. With a brief blip. In 2004, when, with Kevin Garnett, they made it to the Western Conference Finals. Other than that, it's been pretty dismal. But now, hope on the horizon, under new leadership. Hello, and welcome to the 2019 NBA Draft. I'm Adam Silver, and my head is very shiny. Let's begin with the number one pick. In the 2019 NBA Draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Zion Williamson. With the number two pick in the NBA Draft, the Memphis Grizzlies select R.J. Barrett. 
Whoa, that was actually kind of... Wait, that, how did that happen? The dice. The dice rule everything. Wow, that's a surprise. I don't know if I like dice. That's not going to happen. <laughs> With the number three pick in the NBA draft, the New York Knicks select Ja Morant. Was there, was there a mock draft that actually had the Grizzlies selecting RJ? Nope. How was he selected? I don't get this. Because of the dice. I did several different simulations, and it only happened once. <laughs> but it was more interesting, so I kept that one. Oh, so it's not just the dice. <laughs> Great. Okay, let's keep going. What's the number four pick? With the number four... Trade! Oh. All right. Dungeon Master says, Dylan, what's the trade? What trade... Are you are you trying to offer up right now? I don't even know if this is realistic, but I'm offering up Dario Saric and the number 11 pick for the number four pick in the draft. I know the Pelicans are looking for a trade partner. I don't know if they're looking for more fucking picks, but Dario Saric is going to be a great front court pair with Zion Williamson. I think that they could be a really good one-two punch because what they need is a stretch four. So you want Dario... And the number 11 for number four right now? Yeah, I don't even know if it's possible. Is that even possible? Are you willing to give one more future pick? One more future first? (sighs) Not next year's, but two years from now. Yes. I think we're two years away from being a playoff team. So let's not give next year's. Let's give uh, 2021 or something like that. I'm going to bounce back and say I need the 2020 to make it happen. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. I want DeAndre Hunter. Fuck it. Let's roll to see if it happens. You, what's your negotiation, Dylan? Thirteen. Yeah. And the Pelicans. David Griffin's pretty good. He just got the AD deal done. You got to have a good negotiation. We're a standard ten. They should be eleven, but two D six plus twenty three. We got a twenty nine. Yes. Which means the trade is accepted as is. Yes! The Minnesota Timberwolves have traded Dario Saric, this year's number 11 pick, and their 2020 first-round pick for New Orleans' fourth overall pick. And with that pick, the Timberwolves select... DeAndre Hunter, baby, out of Virginia. Hey. Nice pick, dude. How does Chalanga like that? That was a little bit too much. I know I don't think it was too much to give up at all. I honestly don't know if the the Pelicans would do that in real life, but I wanted it really badly, so I let it happen. I mean, I do feel like Sharch is a really good pairing next to Zion. I think that that gives them the three point shooting that we were saying in the earlier pod that they needed. I think that depends on you know how you view Zion positionally. You know, right. Right. Whether he is a center or a power forward or a small forward well, or and something else. That's almost why it's really great because on offense, it works. And then on defense, Dario can maybe run along with the threes and then switch off on the power forward kind of stuff and maybe a little bit on the rim protection. But right. I think that they, they kind of can 
be a little bit fluid and make up for each other on both ends with their flaws. Mm, I think you bring up a good point. I think you bring up a really good point. And it's on a good deal. He's going to be making, what, $4 million or whatever? I guess, actually, it does clear up cap space, the Timberwolves. For the Wolves? No, no, no. Because whoever they sign at number four is going to be more expensive than Dario's. But I get to sign that after the cap space. So right. I actually get that space because I can sign my player after I sign other players. All right. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. So I cleared up cap space. Okay. So now you have th- 3333000 in cap space. Okay, I don't care about the dollars. I don't care about the hundreds or whatever. Trade! Another trade? Yep. Whoa. Gorky Jang and a second for Nemanja Bielitsa. (laughs) The Kings are interested in re-signing Willie Cauley-Stein and want to maintain flexibility so that they can do that, so we're not interested in that deal. Minus one karma, Dylan. No, I'm just kidding. What? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Is that really how this works? Can we negotiate? I just want to throw out wild shit. Why do I have to get docked for it? I'm, di- I'm not giving you minus one karma. But if you want to try something else with the Kings, or if you want to try another Gorgi thing, you can. So they're but- not. A- so you're, you're not interested at all in taking on Gorgi Jang? The Kings are not interested, no. Not for a second round pick. Is there anyone who would be interested? I'm putting him on the trade block. I will, I'm willing to give up picks for him. Are you willing to give up first? Okay, that's fine. I'll give the 2022 pick. Um, Gorgie Jang and a first for Nemanja. And Gorgie's got two years left after this? Yeah. Or he's got one year left after this year. Okay. Let me think on it. I might offer you a trade during the moratorium. Wait, so is that, that's, that would be a move then for me. No, if I offer you a trade, it won't be a move. Okay, fine. He's on the trade block. Everybody knows now. All the teams are aware. Hi, Washington Wizards here. Yes? We would offer you Jan Mahinmi. Oh, my God. You have to give us Gorgie and your 2022 first-round pick. I'm not looking to... I'm, I need to make some money here. Gorgie's at 16. Jan Mahinmi's at 15.4. So it would be... You would get $1 million off that's horrible but no but it would come off your books after this year rather than having another year i'm trying to open up space for d'angelo russell everybody knows this all right well who did the wizards draft the wizards drafted seku dumbaya not a center and therefore they're probably not going to take jabari parker's contract at 20 million which they weren't going to take anyway but Mm -hmm. so the the wizards are operating with 19 million in cap space right now okay i am offering Dwight Howard for Gorgie Jang in 2022 first. So you'll take on Dwight Howard. Yeah. I, I make $10 million off of it. And 2022 first? With a top five protection. Make it unprotected and we have a deal. Top three protected, we have a deal. Mm. Unprotected in 2023. Top three protected in 2022. Top three in 2022, unprotected in 2023. Deal. Ugh. Top five, actually top five in 2022, and then unprotected in 2023. Dylan, no deal. We had a deal, and then you, and then you made it harder. No deal. Minus one what? karma point. 
No, you can't do that to me. You can't do that to me. We had a deal. And then you said, no, 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 right, no, no, fine. no, no. Washington is mad now. I don't like this having to respond to a deal right away and then thinking about it. Listen, you came to Washington and they were trying to do you a favor. They only had 19 right. million. I quit. I quit. <laughs> I'm stepping down as Pobo. All right. You can do this pod by yourself. Let's move on to the moratorium, Dylan. I know you want to get Gorgie off. You got to keep trying. Gorgie's going to be tough. Okay. I will do it. Three. Top three and then unprotected in 2023. It's a deal, but you still lose a karma point. What? <laughs> this was very difficult for us. It's traumatic. All right. Now <laughs> we have Dwight Howard on the team. <laughs> you know what? He can, he can ruin the Wolves. I mean, the Wolves are probably going to wave him anyway. Yeah, we'll wave that shit. I'm helping you out so much. I, am, I did give you minus one karma point for that. Okay. They don't want Dwight Howard on their team, do they? I don't know. They don't want Gorgie on their team. They don't need that money. Now they've got $7 million to work with, but it's fine. Why do they care they're throwing away this year anyway, aren't they? Mm -hmm. You think that they're going to try to like make the playoffs next year? Yeah, probably not. If I was... Collect assets, take on bad contracts. That's what the Sixers did. That's what Brooklyn did. All right, we're moving on to the moratorium period. So in the moratorium period, you will have eight actions to try to prepare yourself for free agency. So you can meet with players. You can try to get more good karma. You can make a trade. You can raise your appeal by upgrading the tech in the training facility. But you can only do that one time. So, Dylan, what's your first move? Dinner with Tyus. Dinner with Tyus. All right. You're having dinner in the office. Hey, Tyus. Oh, hey, what's up? I just wanted to let you know that even though your voice was super annoying in the Puppies Awards show, mm -hmm. we still love you in this town. You're a homegrown boy. You're like LeBron James, but not a starter yet. Wow. I do believe in you, though. They might not, but we do in Minnesota. Mr. Rosas, that means so much to me. And we want you to possibly be the point guard of the future for the Timberwolves. Will you take a second contract with us? Whoa. That's, you gave me a lot to think about, but you know what? I'm pretty committed to the Minnesota Timberwolves, so I'd be happy to be back. Yay. Dylan, that pitch was so good. I'm giving you a bonus for that dinner and giving you minus 10 PRN for Tyus Jones. Is, wait, I didn't know that that could happen. I thought it was just if I do it, then it happens. Listen, I didn't know it could happen either, but you convinced me with that pitch. I loved it. All right, that's one action down. Seven more. I am trading Jeff Teague to the Utah Jazz for Derek Favors. Jeff Teague to the Utah Jazz for Derek Favors. Let's see if it happens. Oh, is that they are accepting that? No negotiation? I think they're okay with that. Just straight up? Yeah, you know, they've been talking to free agents and they're not sure they're going to get anybody. And okay. Jeff Teague will be more useful to their team than Derek Favors will. And they'll both be off the books next year regardless. Awesome. I thought I was going to have to do more futzing with that, but let's do it. Heck yeah, we rolled a 31. The trade goes through. Woo! All right. And Derek Favors is now a member of the Minnesota Timberwolves. You are waving him? Yep. All right. Waved. Bye-bye. He, he is waved. Give him the Dame Lillard wave. Uh, uh, have you waved Dwight Howard yet, or are you keeping him around for now? I'm, I'm actually I'm keeping him around. I'm going to see what his back's like. But as a 15th guy, you never know. All right. So that gives you 
when it's all said and done, 27 million. 27.3 million in cap. That's a lot of money. All right, so that's two actions. You've got six more. Pitch meeting. I should probably do that. Can I do a pitch meeting for D'Angelo Russell? All right, you want to meet with D'Angelo Russell? D'Lo, baby. All right. Hey, hey this is D'Angelo. This is D'Lo. What up? Hey, D'Lo. We all know that you started off with the, with the Lakers, started off in some warm weather. We know you love L.A., but you didn't get along with management there. There were some things that went wrong, and they didn't want you there, so they traded you away to Brooklyn. And now it's looking as though Brooklyn's clearing max cap space for a guy who ruined his team in Boston. And what does that mean for you? They're pushing you out the door. But guess what? We want you here in Minnesota. We want you to play with one of your best friends, Carl Anthony Towns. We know that you guys were hanging out during the All-Star game this year. Mm. We know that you guys are close. Mm. And the bottom line is, what? You have to spend 41 nights in Minneapolis? Maybe close to 50, 100, I don't know. But there are only 41 home games in Minneapolis this next year. Why not, why not just spend them in the cold for the months of December to February? And then you can make your way over to Los Angeles, both you and Kat. Because I know Kat's been in Los Angeles this summer. And you guys can hang out there in the summers. What we want is to create a team with chemistry. That's why we brought in your boy Pablo. Come along. Join us. All right, well, I do got ice water in my veins. Freezing cold take of the north. And now we roll to see how we took it. Had to take that pretty well. I mean, Chalinga, you took that well, right? The roll was a 14. Oh, shit. He felt lukewarm about it. He, it did not change his mind in any way. Oh. All right, that's three actions down. Classic you do, you do have unlimited pitch meetings, though. I, can I pit, Can I do a pitch meeting to him again? Yeah, you do have to. You have to wait one action before you pitch him again. Let's do training tech upgrade. Training tech. I want to raise our appeal. Upgrade appeal plus one. So now we have a neutral appeal at ten. That's right. Well done. Oh, and our strength has increased because we've got so much more money. Five, ten, fifteen. We're up to five. That's what's up, Dylan. Yeah, I'm kicking butt here. Yeah, so right now, just so everyone knows, we have Andrew Wiggins, Robert Covington, Carl Anthony Towns, Josh Okogie, Cam Reynolds, KBD, Dwight Howard, and DeAndre Hunter. <laughs> Who would have thought? How many players is that? Two, four, six, eight. That is not a lot of players. Nope, you're going to We went from nine to eight. Okay. Let me see what I can do with a pitch meeting. All right. D'Lo, come back in here. Oh, hey, Gerson. Good to see you again. Hey, as you can see, we're very interested in you. Um, this is why we're bringing you back here. Uh, it is summertime in Minnesota. Look at how beautiful this town is. Can't you see why Prince created a life out here? Can't you see why we have purple jerseys? Look at all these lakes. Look at all these boat drinks. Have you ever had alcohol on a boat on a freshwater lake? Nothing better than that. 
the fresh air of a Minnesota summer. Nothing can beat it. Mm. All right. Let me let you know what I thought. I'm rolling. And we rolled an 18. Still have not changed his mind. Oh, my God. Sorry, Dell. Okay. Basketball karma roll. All right. Basketball karma roll. So Dylan is rolling a basketball karma roll to try to get basketball karma. Karma will help him during free agency to help him buy upgrades for his team to sign free agents. So he's going to roll, and he got a 21, which gets plus three karma. Nice, Dill. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's excellent. You're up to seven karma. I did burn some bridges, didn't I, with the uh, Dwight Howard dream? Yeah, Washington is still disgruntled <laughs> about uh, The fans are going crazy. They're like, why did you do that? <laughs> But they got a they got a first they got a first round draft yeah. pick that's pretty yeah, good. yeah they did and it, it could be decent we'll see we'll see how good of a job Gerson Rosas does you've got two moves left I have I have to do another pitch meeting all right <laughs> D'Angelo bring him in one more time D'Angelo I'm not saying that we need you but we need you to create a future a championship future between you. And Carl Anthony Towns, you are our two main priorities right now. I love you. You love me? I love you. Okay. Well, let me let me think about that. <laughs> Making a roll. Dylan, I'm sorry to tell you, but you got a 16. <laughs> no! No luck. All right. Basketball karma roll. All right. The, you're having good luck with the. This is your last roll. We're going to do one more. Basketball karma roll, and you got yourself a 15, which gets you one additional karma. That's bad. All right, so you've got eight karma heading into free agency. You've got seven slots on your team to fill out. But okay. on the bright side, you did give yourself $27 million in space, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and you increased your appeal by one. So let's uh, See how this goes. So welcome to the first day of free agency, how it will work. Dylan's got 21 actions to fill out his roster. He can make a pitch roll. To He's got to, each player is assigned a number that he has to reach cumulatively over his actions to sign a player. Once he's reached that number, as long as they're still on the board, uh, he will then do a contract negotiation number to see if he can get any sort of bargain for that player. We will be keeping track of how much money he's got left. He can use his karma to buy boosts from the store, and we'll explain them as we as he buys them. Uh, Dylan, do you feel ready? Yep. Will you do me a favor? Will you keep track of your score? Of yes. your, or your, not your score, your uh, money? Oh, yeah, of my $27 million, Yes, I will. Thank you. All right. What's the first move you want to make? Special abilities, basketball friends. Basketball friends. So is that a move or does, or is that a action? So you have to buy a basketball friends from the store, which does not cost a move. And then you use it on whatever player during your role move. Dylan, you want to buy a basketball friends? I do want to buy a basketball friends for two karma points. All right. You're down to six karma. And that's I can only use that once, right? 
yep, you can use it once, and you want to use it on D'Angelo Russell and make a roll? Not yet. Can I double up and do bad agent? Yes, you can buy a bad agent. Bad agent, roll 1d6 to see how much you can save on a contract. All right, so you're down to five karma. You've got a bad agent and a basketball friends. What would you like to do, my okay. friend? So I have four karma points left. I'm trying to... You have five karma points left. Wait. Oh, I only had... No, I have. I had eight karma points because I, I got one and... Oh, bad agent three. cost two. I thought bad agent costed one. My bad. So I have four karma points mm-hmm. left. Okay, so now I have... I am going for convincing pitch. Convincing pitch. That'll cost three karma points. Convincing pitch increases the amount of actions a player is on the board by three. So D'Angelo Russell is only on the board for five actions. So Dylan is trying to increase his chances. So minus three, you've got one karma point left. All right. Uh, Well, I can't do anything with that karma point now. So what I'm going to do is use my bad agent, basketball friends, and convincing pitch on D'Angelo Russell. All right. So is that three different eight, three different actions? Uh, nope. Your action is to roll on D'Angelo Russell. So you roll and you can use whatever mods you want on him. So I'm using all three of those. All right. So he's down to 85. He's on the board for eight turns, and uh, you actually use the bad agent roll or the bad agent after. There's no there's no reason to use it now. Because right, he's not right, signing right. with you. So you could just wait. So let's start. You want to start your pitch rolls for him? Yep. All right. Starting my pitch rolls. All right. 5d6. Roll number one. Let's do four in a row. Four in a row. So we've got 13. Keep track of this for me, Dylan. Roll number two. 16. All right. That's not very good. We're up to 29. Roll number three. Yep. Uh-oh. 12. Oh, my God. And roll number four. 41. We're at 41. 18. Okay. So you're at... F- that's 59. 59. That's not bad. No, that's not bad. That's, I mean, that's that's bad, but it's not So you need bad. 26 more for him. And it's been four actions. Okay, so we have 14. four actions left on him. So we are already mm-hmm. done with a lot of the top-tier free agents in that case because we have already gone through four of the 21 actions. So... The top two tiers of regular free agents have been. They have all been taken signed. Kristaps Porzingis has extended with the Dallas Mavericks. Kyrie Irving is with Brooklyn. Kawhi Leonard was convinced to stay with Toronto. KD went to New York. Kemba stayed with the Hornets. Tobias, in a shocking move, went back to the Clippers. Uh, our best available free agent on the board right now is Bojan Bogdanovic. And he'll be on the board for two more turns. Not a problem with that. I'm going to do two more rolls on D'Angelo Russell. Two more rolls on D'Angelo Russell. All right. We're at 56. No, we're at 59 because you need 26 more. You rolled a 25 and a 13. You're good to go. D'Angelo Russell is going to sign with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, he will sign most likely for somewhere in between 20 and 25 million dollars i'm just hoping he doesn't resent andrew wiggins for making more money than he is just like jimmy butler did oh i'm sure i'm sure d will be fine what's your appeal right now my appeal is 10 
All right, so our 5d6 roll plus 10 gives us a 31, which means you can sign him for $21 million, Dill. All right, let's... Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to use the bad agent. Haha, ha, let's see. If I can get it for cheaper. 1d6. You got yourself a 4, which saves another $3 million. He signed for $18 million, Dylan. Oh, my God. So I have $9 million to work with. Mm-hmm. I did not know I was going to be getting a free agent here. That being said, how many actions have I used now? You have used... Six actions. Six actions. I'm going to go for Marcus Morris. Oh, I knew you were going to go for Marcus Morris. All right, Marcus Morris, you've got to roll 60, and you've got five turns to do it. All right, five turns left. Let's go, baby. All right, you ready? You want to do these rolls? Yep. All right. Oh, and you know what? Harsh winter, you actually have to get up to 95 or 65 for him. All right, here we go. Our first roll. Ooh, started off with a 25. Yes. That's turn seven, turn eight, 15. Okay, so we're up to 40. Turn nine, 17. 57. All right. All right. And turn 10. Come on, baby. 16. You got him. Yes. All right, let's see how much we have to pay him. All right, let's negotiate this contract. All right, and this is turn 10. Now I only have $9 million, So. Ah. All right, well. I have. What? You have to roll a 41 plus. Oh, I can't do that. Well, you could. Uh, You can't. Wait, can I, can I, um, in, so I have one more turn before he yeah, this is, is turn, dropped off the board, right? This is turn 10, yeah. So I could, the thing that I could do is get another karma point and then do bad agent. Precisely. Okay. And you rolled a 20, which gets you plus three. Yes. All right, now I'm up to four karma points. Yep. I'm going to buy a bad agent. All right, bad agent. So this is turn 11. Turn 11, and then bad agent, roll 1d6. It's 5 million, baby. And you rolled a 1. No way. So minus really? 1 million, yeah. Oh, God. So you can still okay. you can get him if, if he signs for... So you have to roll a 36 to 40 to get him. That's impossible. I've, I've never even gotten above 30. Do you want to try it or do you want to move on? That's my 11th action. The roll would be your 11th, yeah. Ugh. So this is this is whatever happens now is move 11. Let's do it. Balls to the wall. Yeah? All right. And you rolled a 22. Y'all can't agree on a number. He walks away, signs with the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Sorry, my friend. Horrible. 11 turns are done. Big mistake on my part. Tyus is only on the board for 15 turns. But I only have to get a 20, right? Yep. And since he's from Minnesota, we don't have to do the minus five on him, do we? He will automatically take a minus two discount. And oh, okay. For, for the money. He doesn't, have the, he doesn't have the freezing cold 
Nope, we're good. That thing doesn't affect him because he's already playing for yep, us. Yeah, so he's just a straight 20. I'm going to buy a basketball friends. All right. And I'm going to drop him to 15, right? Uh, yeah. All right, let's do this. 5d6, roll. Oh, a 15. Tyus Jones oh. is yours, D- Dylan. Let's see. Woo. Let's see if he'll sign. I'm going to sign him using the bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'll, that'll all get sorted out. See what we're doing for our contract. You rolled yourself a 34, which oh, means yeah. he'll take... Three million. He will take three million. No, he'll take four million minus two. So he's not taking a minimum. So we, you can sign him for $3 million per year or $3 million three starting. Million? Yep. Wow, that's a good deal. So I still have $9 million, and we're on 12 rolls now, right? Perfect. And this is going to be move 13. All right, what are you looking for here, Dylan? I'm looking for a power forward that can start, maybe. Mm. Mm. So maybe we're looking back at a Taj Gibson, but that would only give us two rolls for it. And yeah, I we are at 13. I $9 million. But, that, but I would be able to re-sign him. Maybe Taj is the right way because then i can use an exception on him right um yeah you can just sign him for above the cap no problem because right now you'll if i mean if you go above the cap he'll be a, he, he won't cap count towards your cap space you know so i probably should re-sign taj at this point since i have zero other power forwards all right and he you will get a two million dollar discount on him for the saunders effect oh yes the saunders effect but I only get two rolls, right? Yep. And you have to get to 50. You s- I hate this. You still have... This is the part... You have one... Making it a little bit too tough. You have one bad agent left, right? Oh, no. You have one basketball friends. Or do I want... I thought I used basketball friends. I already used it on... On Tyus. Tyus. Okay. I think you should give yourself a karma roll anyway, because you're going to have to start to move quick here, because you're at 13 moves. You've only got eight left. All right, caramel roll. All right. Caramel roll. And with the caramel roll, he rolls a 15. You get one karma. Fuck. Which puts you at one. All right. Karma roll. All right. With the second karma roll, he rolls a 22, which gets him three. So that puts you at four karma. And now I'm at how many moves? I've made 15 moves already, yeah, no, so we're done with you're Taj. 15. Taj is off the board. How come it... I feel like the pitch roll can't be 50 for Taj. That's too high. Hey, listen. He's a valuable He's a valuable player in this league. He's not that valuable. He's 35. So if you're looking for a power forward, Noah Vonley, Jim Michael Green, Rudy Gay, Jonas Yurebko, Mike Scott... I'm gonna go for Jermichael Green. You sound so sad about that. I there's <laughs> no one left. <laughs> well, dude, you got you already got D'Angelo Russell and yeah, Tyus Jones for three million dollars, and you got DeAndre Hunter. Can't you make all my dreams come true? No, Dylan, that's not the point of this. Okay. All right, so you do have four karma points though. So if you'd like to spend some karma. Not yet. Let's roll twice on, or let's roll once on Jamichael, and then I'll and then decide. see what you got to get. Okay, 
So we're going to do our roll, and you got yourself a 20, so you need 30. All right, I'll get three more rolls on Jamichael. Okay. That's so sad. Three more rolls on Jamichael. Well, I'm going to... I'm getting really close to going to minimums, and I only have 10 people on my team. I know. That's <laughs> tough. All right. We got a 10, so you're at 30 right now. 18. Oh, my God. What the fuck? And 16. You're good to go. So that took three moves. So that puts us at turn where this is about to be turn 19. But you got J. Michael Green. Let's sort out this contract, okay? So fuck. I really needed to re-sign... Who do you need to resign? Anthony Tolliver? <laughs> now? Why is he cost 30? This is stupid. <laughs> I can't resign anybody. Um, I should get more mo- or I should get something for like resigning those guys because like that's what kind of fucked me. Is resigning your own guys? Well, yeah, I wanted to like resign Taj, but I didn't have enough moves. Okay, so maybe maybe next time we have a uh, like you have the advantage, like because you in the NBA yeah, offseason you have the unfair. advantage. Yeah. Okay. So that's something to think about for next time. Also, we need to fix the mechanic where like you get two away, and either way you have to spend a move to, like you should be able to cash in one karma point to just move up. That's what I thought the uh, player recruitment would be. Yeah. But that's an action. The lowest number you can get is a six. So the action that doesn't make any sense for an action to be player recruitment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we should switch player recruitment and basketball friends. And so basketball friends is an action, but player yeah. recruitment is not an action. For next time. That's, that's more fair. For next time. Um, all right, but let's do this. Uh, all right, so let's roll for J. Michael Green. He's going to sign between 5 and $10 million. So we'll do our appeal roll. You've had really good luck on these appeal rolls. And this one is a 28, so he'll sign for uh, $9 million. Nine? Or no, excuse me. He's at the he's at 10. Five to he's ten. at the 5 to 10. So he'll sign for $7 million. Would you still like that to sign like him? High. That seems high. I feel like he should be at 5 or 6. Right? Mm-hmm. It's minus 3. He's a 5 to 10. Wouldn't it be 6 to 10? That's why. Hmm. It would be six to ten. It would be five to nine. So you sign him for six million. All right, let's do that. Yeah. Perfect. So you've got three million left to work with. You've got your starting power forward. And you've currently got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven players on your roster. And I have three million dollars to spend in free agency. And three moves left, my friend. This sucks. I don't <laughs> This really sucks because I can't even re-sign my own guys. Like, how does that work? All right. I will give you, since the game was broken, I will give you, can choose between Taj Gibson and Anthony Tolliver who you would like to re-sign. But you have to do the the money roll. Well, can I just do a trade? Can we do like an after game trade? After free agency trade? Are you going to trade Jamichael Green for Taj? Well, he can't be traded until like December fifteenth. This has nothing. To, this wouldn't happen in. <laughs> See, in real I won't life. allow that, but I will allow you to roll to sign Taj Gibson or Anthony Tolliver right now. Why would I take Jamichael Green if I already if I'm getting Taj Gibson? Because he provide he could play backup center. I don't know. You know, it you really got screwed over spending all that time. Who'd you spend all that time on and then didn't get Marcus Morris? That really screwed you over. That was stupid. 
I was shooting for the stars. Gerald Green. Gerald Green. Good choice. All right. Oh, he's only a 25. Move 20. We're gonna, Wait, this is move 19. This is, this is move 19. We're going to do our roll. You need a 25. Dylan, I'm wishing you luck. You rolled a 24. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, do you want to cash in one karma right now to, to get Gerald Green on your team? Yeah. I'm going to let you do that. Do you have one karma to cash in? Yes, you have one karma to cash in. All right. Gerald oh, Green horrible. will sign with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Contract. Well, hold on. Let's see. Let's do, let's do the process correct. Oh, he is a minimum. No, it says minimum. Perfect. You signed him to a minimum. Yeah, that's a good deal. That was the only good deal on the board left. And he's my shooting guard. He's my starting shooting guard. <laughs> Andy Regans is my starting shooting guard, but yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But remember, you got D'Angelo Russell. All right, it's move 20. Would you like to try to roll for another player here? I was just pissed because I couldn't get my own players back. <laughs> yeah, didn't you get D'Angelo for $18 million a year? And you're sitting here saying, this isn't yeah. fun? <laughs> Come on, Dylan. I, only, I, don't, I don't like not winning. Clearly. <laughs> it looks like he won, though. I kind of did, didn't I? This team looks good. Very good, actually. <laughs> All right, Dylan, you've got two moves left. 11 players on your roster. No, 12 players on your roster. Okay. So you got everybody who's going to play, barring injury. True. I need a Vince Carter. You got to get to 25 in two turns. You ready? Let's do it. Roll Let's one it. is a 13. Last chance. Here we go. 22, you got him. Yes. Vince Carter signs to the Minnesota Timberwolves for a minimum. This is such a weird team. I love it. <laughs> His last season is going to be spent in Minnesota. <laughs> Vince isn't going to like it. Vince is going to love it. Oh, you know what? You should have had to get a 30. Oh, but you got a 30 anyway. I forgot to add his uh, the cold north. Oh yeah, but it's all good. Wait, did you you also did that for Gerald Green? You forgot that. Oh snap! Whoopsie. It's fine. I gave it to you. And he also played in Minnesota before. Yeah. So that's right. All right. So you've got thirteen players on your roster. Take a look at the minimums. Just let me know who you want. I need like a Raymond Felton. Yeah, you do. All right. Let's see if you get Raymond Felton. You got him. I only get one roll? Yep, you get one roll for each of the um, minimum players. So Raymond... And I want a f- Raymond Furkan Korkmaz. All right, Raymond Felton's on your team, and you unfortunately did not get Furkan Korkmaz. Philadelphia decided to bring him back. All right, who else? I don't want Nick Stauskas. You don't want Saucy Castillo? Who is up here who is a shooting guard? Wait, I'm going to add one. No. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, I added Jimmer for that. Who do I want? Devin Harris, Alec Burks, or Iman? You want Iman. Apparently, he's a great Probably. he's a great key- teammate. Here we go. 18, you got him. All right. That's my roster. All right. So, the 2019-20 Minnesota Timberwolves. We've got D'Angelo Russell, Gerald Green, Robert Covington, DeAndre Hunter, Carl Anthony Towns. Coming off the bench, Tyus Jones, Joshua Kogi, Andrew Wiggins, Keita Bates-Diop. And our bench rotational players, Cam Reynolds, Dwight Howard, J. Michael Green, Vince Carter, 
Raymond Felton, and Iman Shumpert. Dylan, this game needs some work. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this massive podcast. We didn't want it to be an hour and a half, but this was a bit of an emergency for the Timberwolves. Listen, mostly download, review if you can, but just rate us. Give us five stars. Email us at coasttocoastnbapod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at coasttocoastnba, on Instagram at coasttocoastnbapod. Do all of the things. Listen to our podcast. Share with your friends. Thank you so much for listening. Chalanga, any last words? We love everyone. Go Wolves. Go Jarrett Culver. Good night.